We have traveled very far. We have no food, no water. Once I see my people fed, I would be honest. No. We have a serious problem with radical Islam. We have a tremendous problem. And we can't be the stupid country anymore. Where I come from, guests are treated with respect, not insulted at the gates. Given the circumstances, my lord, I believe extreme measures are warranted. The people that are with me 100% are the people. What? The Pope. The Pope was in Mexico. Do you know that? Did everyone know, right? He said negative things about me. Dreadful. The Pope is being told that Donald Trump is not a nice person. Donald Trump is a very nice person. <clears throat> you do not let us in. All of us will die. I said temporarily. I didn't say permanently. I said temporarily. <laughs> we have no border. We have no control. People are flooding across. We need to build a wall. And it has to be built quickly. The greatest builder is me. And I would build the greatest wall you have ever seen. And in that wall, we're going to have a beautiful, big, fat door where people can come into the country, but they have to come in legally. I don't think they like me very much. <laughs> this country needs somebody that's a deal maker. I'm giving you Commander Greygott. No deals. No deals. We don't make deals. Not with anybody. We don't make deals. You mistake me, my lord. That was a command. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Just so you understand. We need people that know what they're doing. We don't need babies. Are you refusing to obey my order? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I never... You, I think you could say that, yeah. Holly, bring me my sword. They laugh at us. Our enemies laugh at us. But they say waterboarding and they chop off heads. They think we are so stupid. You have no idea. Much liked my head. I don't want to see it removed just yet. I would bring back waterboarding. And I'd bring back a hell of a lot worse than waterboarding. Hey, you guys, hope you're ready for some fun with Red Pill. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. We had, they, they, I called this uh, the de-wussification of America by, by President Donald Trump. I'm, I'm so thankful for him. I, I feel more bold every day. Every time I watch one of his videos, I feel like I can just kick the, the beast in the gut, right? So I was listening to uh, working yesterday and someone had on uh, – Christian radio and I felt um, it's not not biblical and I'm sure some of these uh, some of these songs I sing but on a continual diet it's continual pavlum it's continual sugar it's, it's so it, you know I need to make a song I'm gonna have to go sing a song for you guys at the end because um, Nancy Tripp she's a trip she's like I want to listen to every one of your songs I want you to make a, a video just of, of singing and I was like well, I can try to. I don't have very good um, uh, equipment to do that. But anyway, I don't think y'all really care so much. But, um, I, you know, I want to make a song like, we're going to kick the beast in the balls, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> anyway, I, we need songs like that. Oh, we're Christian soldiers, that type of thing. You know, we need some really, you know, tough, strong songs. And that's why I'm so thankful for our patriots making all these really great videos. It's just so cool. So, yeah, I'm going to sing song, something for you at the end. I'm going to talk about Q Post. And I'm going to, I've got to read to you a portion of Jasher. You're going to just be like, what? They hid so much of this information from us. So let's get started. I'm Melissa, um, Red Pill the World. We look at the Q posts. We look at the current events. We look at the Trump tweets. We look at what's going on in the light of God's word, because this is the great day of the Lord. This is the great day of revelation. This is the great awakening that has been promised to us. This is the uh, battle of Armageddon, where we're going to kick the beast and the false prophet out. There's 135,000 sealed indictments or something like that, a lot of them. And it's all the people, the bad guys, this huge cabal of, uh, of deep state corrupt criminals all over the world. And we're going to get rid of them. And, and then we're going to have peace. As, as oh, it says on, uh, on the video, uh, the plan to save the world. We, no one's ever lived in a day where you know, the, the beast would, didn't run the world. You know, so we're going to have this beautiful day. And I'm telling you, the, the, the cures that are going to be released, the, the financial uh, 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 
wealth that we're going to have restored to us, the, the restoration of our relationships and our families and all this, it's just going to be remarkable. And we're starting to see, see more and more. And it's not going to be 10 years. It's going to be in 2020. It really is. Here we go. So yeah, you can see something. The president is becoming more, he was already bold, but now he's becoming even more bold. This, like he wanted to tweet three times about Nancy Pelosi. What's up with this with, with the, Biden and all this, this Ukraine stuff with your son and all that. I mean, it's, he's, I think that he's gotten enough cleaned out that he feels like he can, he can be more bold because he doesn't have so many of the blockades in the way. Because um, we know clearly that if, you know, if we lose this battle, they're coming for us. We don't, we can, we don't have any, we don't have any choice but to fight to the death. We really don't. All right, so let's jump in. Q said this yesterday. This is so cool. And I had not looked at this post in quite some time. Probably you had not either. But look way back. This is by, gosh, <laughs> this is way back from the beginning. December 22nd, 2017. So right at the beginning. So it's going. And we didn't know a lot of what had happened and all this. But it was all this about the dossier, that the DNC had created this dossier. And the SR is for Seth Rich. If you don't know who that is, I'm going to just go over there super, super quick. And that he gave this information to WikiLeaks and all of this going on, which I'm not going to go into all this detail, but all these people involved, Loretta Lynch and James Comey and um, Peter Strzok and um, Andrew McCabe and even Hussein, you know, from the very, very top, they were all involved in doing this spying as well as no name was the one who got this, this data over to us through BuzzFeed. And so that this dossier got over here so that it would, this whole Russia, collusion debacle that we went through forever, right? And everything they've been trying to do to impeach the president. Okay, so the stage was set for permanent removal. Ramifications, U.S. intel legally spied on President uh, candidate uh, Trump, okay? President-elect Trump, okay? We know that. It's, and it's come out, we've known that for a long time. He's told us this way, way, way back. But now it's come out in the mainstream that that's what they were doing, Watergate, you know, times a million, right? Then look at this. This is what I want you to see. Republican Congress, which we know we had that. And then just a Republican Senate, which we, he knew way back in the day. Because the, they, they were they were going to do is they were going to clean out the, the bad Republicans who were, who were controlled by the deep state, who had been, who had become, you know, their puppets. Okay. So we knew that initially we had the, the Republican set Congress, the entire thing, but then what we didn't realize was how, who was fake Republicans. We kind of knew, but we didn't know. And so those, so many of those got re, uh, removed and therefore the Democrats took over the house. Okay. We know that. Okay. But look at what he says is next news friendly, news friendly slash, et cetera. So, et cetera, as in, <laughs> et cetera, as in, as in arrest, I don't know. But we'll get this news friendly. So what does that mean? Just follow the guide. This is the guide of what, da, 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 da. all this has happened. We've done this. We've done that. We've done that. We haven't gotten a news friendly. <laughs> we haven't ever had that. Wonder if that could be next. Wouldn't that be great? When they're, when they're not continually just fighting against us? Oh, I don't know. Would that, that would be amazing. Okay. So I'm going to show you Seth Rich. This is our wonderful Patriot brother, Seth Rich. And I hope he wasn't killed, but more than likely he was. He put himself at such extreme risk, extreme danger. He worked for the DNC. He got wind of what they were doing with the dossier. He got, they got wind of, uh, he got, you know, all this information about what they were doing to Bernie Sanders to, to prevent him. He was not going to get the nomination. It didn't matter what anybody said. This was what they were going to do, what they were going to do regardless. And so he knew about it. He found out about it and he copied it onto a thumb drive. Okay. And some people say, well, he downloaded it. Let me see if I can find a, a thumb drive. Okay. Like at this. Okay. Like one of these, something that you can put in your pocket. I got to open it. That's stuck. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. A, a thumb drive. And so he downloaded all that to a thumb drive, not, he didn't sit, you know, and that's the whole point of this Q post. He was saying, you know, did, you know, there's no way, you know, they're saying, oh, it was hacked by Russians and blah, blah, blah. It was not hacked by Russians. The data was not transferred. It's too much back in the day. <laughs> like, hey, I opened it. Anyway, so, uh, you know, how uh, uh, iPod, uh, you know, 
Sir Patrick Mack, you know, he's so funny. He was talking about, I, you know, I have a hard time uploading my videos to BitChute and, you know, me too, even now. But back then it was, you know, there's no way, there's no way that he transferred this data to, you know, that Russia tr got this data transferred in, in from, you know, there's no way. There's no way that they could break in and, and get in to, and, and, and transfer this data. No way. This was done by Seth Rich. There's tons of research on it. I'm not going to go into all the detail. But, yeah, that he physically got this into the hands of WikiLeaks, in the hands of Julian Assange. So Julian Assange is the one person who can tell you know, the download speed is not satisfactory. Okay. So he's the one person who can say, I got that. And he has actually said this. He, he said this to, to uh, Sean Hannity that he it was not from the Russians. And he can say, this is what, you know, he's here. He's somewhere, you know, um, he's protected. So just so you know, this, this, that's what this is about. And Seth Rich was then killed. And then they even killed it by MS-13 and somewhere, somewhere, MS-13, whatever. I don't remember exactly where Q talked about it. But anyway, when you see that, you're like, okay, so MS-13, then they killed or, you know, his, Seth Rich, whether he truly died or not. I hope he didn't. But anyway, that he, that he, um, that in, in Washington, D.C., while he was walking home and then those two MS-13 were killed to cover their tracks. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's not a good idea to be a murderer. It's just not a good idea to work with, uh, you know, uh, with, with, with criminals because they, you cannot trust them. Right. So I want you to see that. Um, let's see uh, this whole baloney, horrible Pearson stuff. Yes. But it's the corruption out the, you know what, because of the money, it's crazy the amount of boondoggles and all this money that's, that's transferred and, and then they do this and that and, and they're all controlled by the people at the top. Okay, but worse than that, even if that's not bad enough, it's how, what value can you put on our education system where it's been taken over by just to completely confuse the children and make and dumb them down to the max. So I want you to see this lady. She gives you one example of something that's in common court and she, she's just like sick about it. Sick about it. Look, check it out. The problem is Mr. Yamato's class has 18 students. If the class counts around by a number and ends with 90, what number did they count by? I'll restate the problem. Mr. Yamada's class has 18 students. If the class counts around by a number and ends with, num with 90, what number did they count by? Does anyone on the board have an answer? Five. Five. And may I ask, madam, uh, how did you come up with that answer? You know why? Because that's what makes sense, right? That's the way we were taught to do it in the fourth grade level. This, however, is what the Common Core Standards expect our fourth graders to do. If they solve it in those two steps, they get it marked wrong. They are expected to draw 18 circles with 90 hash marks, solving this problem in exactly 108 steps. Board members, this is not rigorous. This is not college ready. This is not preparing our children to compete in a global economy. Skipping rote memorization of multiplication tables is hindering their ability to master long division and fractions later on in the semester. And now our children who were testing in the 80th or higher percentile in math last year are now coming home with C's, D's, and F's on their report cards. Not because, as Arnie Duncan would put it, that white suburban mothers think their children aren't as brilliant as they thought they were, but because... Thank you. I encourage you to listen to us when we send you our emails. Wow. So that gives you just one little example of Common Core. And this was intentionally uh, created to destroy America and make us where we can't you know, fight our way out of a paper bag, right? All right. So I wanted you to see that little snippet about Common Core. And that was written by Pearson Publishing. And, uh, and that, you know, this huge financial boondoggle for that. So, I mean, they've tried to destroy us every which way they possibly could. They knew they didn't have very much time. Remember how it says in the word that uh, woe to those who dwell on the earth because Satan has come down to you in great wrath, knowing he has little time. They knew they had little time. So they pulled out all the stops in our financial uh, situation, on our health, in our education, in, in trying to destroy us with the music. I mean, every which way. And so thankfully that is being turned around. And I'm so glad, I, you know, we have, 
we haven't really talked very much about the education and that's such a giant piece of it and so i'm really really thankful that that is uh that they are that this and they, as you know the ceo of pearson publishing uh resigned so yeah we are going to be able to uh you know, I don't even know all the things that are going on in the, in the Department of Education. I just hope and pray that they're, they're getting some of the stuff cleaned out. I'm ready. It's, it's, it's bad. Anyway, whatever. All right. So, um, I, I listened to this, to, uh, this, this serial brains, um, someone told me to watch, to look out for a, a serial brain about, uh, Beth Moore. And I could, I looked for it, but I could, it was supposed to be on a serial brain, whatever. I could not find it. And as to that, if you want to skip, put the link, I, I normally I can see links that, that you guys put in the, in the, in the comment section or on the, uh, in the community page. But as far as Beth Moore goes, um, I, I really feel bad that she is, uh, is speaking out so vehemently about Trump and surprisingly so many Christian leaders, as you know, the Christian post, you know, stepped down. Oh, I can't believe that the Christian post was pro Trump. And so I have to step down. Well, good. Step down. Bye. Don't let the door hit you in the way out. So it's really shocking how many Christian leaders are so anti-Trump and it's, uh, it's very revealing. My thought on maybe with Beth Moore is that she was, she's an MK ultra victim. She's talked about being uh, abused in the past. So I don't know what's going on with her, but my point is, sorry, my point uh, is that there's just so many Christian leaders that are either brainwashed or, uh, or complicit. And I just don't know which, and all I know is I just can't be a part of it. <laughs> just can't physically i just can't and so i've asked the lord what do you want me to do and that you know being part of this channel and being part of trying to get truth out that's what i can do because i just my psyche can't take some of this bull i can't i don't watch a lot of it just i can't do it anyway so um i want you to see what he was talking about here um though on this video when i was looking for that about beth moore i saw this about um about this guy his name is Walter Hallstein. He was elected president of the EEC Commission, European uh, Euro, European Union Commission, whatever, to start the European Union. Okay. Way back in the day, you guys, in 1958. So just after the United Nations was, was originated, was created, after World War II, supposedly to bring peace in the world, which is bull, okay, which is bull, which is exactly what... Um, uh, you know, Daniel was told, you know, they come for peace and safety, which is totally bull. They're, they are coming to control and to rule. I say we know that this whole scheme with Hitler was not successful to rule Europe. So they said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to put in this man, Walter Halstein, who was his secretary of state and have him start this European Union. I did not know that. Who knew that? I didn't know that. So yeah, I want you to be aware of that too. So this was something that Serial Brain uh, brought up. He's talking about here on this video. You can watch it. I'm not going to initially show it uh, to you, but yeah, y'all can, can uh, watch that one. But he was uh, there to basically do what Hitler was not able to do, which was to, to control Europe through the European Union. And this was way back in 1958. So I want you to see, you know, I, I listen to things and I'm, I'm gleaning goodies. And, and, uh, so I thought I wanted to share that with you guys so you can, uh, dig into that some more and find out more about that. Now, this was amazing. This is, um, let me show you real quick. I'm going to show you a picture of something real quick. Hang on. Okay. So this is the Philippine president, I guess they call him. And he, his name is Duarte, Duarte. Anyways, get a load of what he was saying when, when Soros wanted to come into his, into his, um, into his country trafficking in the philippines which he believes of course goes against soros's global attempts to legalize drugs now soros was planning on visiting the philippines and what he was calling a humanitarian visit whatever that means okay but upon hearing of it President Duterte publicly warned Soros that if he steps foot in the country that there's a bounty on his head throughout the entire nation. Now what makes this warning particularly ominous is that the Philippine government had recently just approved a proposal 
to reinstate the death penalty. So in light of that, Duterte went even further. He said there's a special place in hell for George Soros, the idiot, as he referred to him. And he said, set one foot in this country, and it's going to be my duty to make you go straight to there. <laughs> now, what's so interesting? Wow. Wow. Go for it, Duterte. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. Go ahead. Make my day. Step foot in, in the Philippines. He will be glad to do it. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastical there is a special place and as as q has said there's a special place that, yeah so this is um uh, it's going to happen and i uh, just i'm so proud of these courageous people this is what it's talking about for the millennial reign when we will rule and reign with him this is a wonderful man who's ruling in righteousness and 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 calling out evil and this is the kind of thing i'm talking about we've got to just get tougher and stronger and and not be afraid oh you're mean yeah i don't care Go ahead. Say I'm mean. That's fine. I don't need it. I do not have to. I'm, I'm not going to be a wuss. I won't. I can't. I can't. I'm over it. Okay. All right. So I want to jump in and show you guys some, some portions of Jasher. Um, first of all, I was, oh my goodness. You talk about some strong people. The book of uh, Jasher chapter 30, like 35, 36, 37, listening to that, you can find it on YouTube and where they'll just read it to you. You don't have to sit and necessarily read it if you can't, you know, if you're like, if you don't have time to sit and do that, you can do you know, listen to it on, on uh, as you're driving to town or whatever. But this is talking about how strong uh, the the Israelites were. I'm talking about Judah and Issachar and Naphtali and Dan and all of them and how they were going against the Canaanites. And they, okay, Dinah was abused, okay? And they're like, oh, we'll just, you know, just let her us, you know, him marry her. La, 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 la. And they're like, nothing. Yeah, oh, yeah, they acted like they were, you know, oh, yeah, that's, uh, that'll work. And next thing you know, they, they massacred them all. They killed them, everyone. <laughs> Actually, when they were sick because of being, um, uh, going through circumcision. And, you know, so they're like, they were going in and saying, this is, and the people of Shechem wouldn't do anything about that this guy had raped their sister. And so the point is, they were standing up for, not only for their sister, but standing for righteousness. And that's one of the things that's so demoralizing for our kids because they see stuff that's going on in school and they're like, this is not some stuff that's not being done right. And they're just, they're, first of all, they're kids and they're, they're, they, they at least have a, a sense of morals and they're like, something's wrong. And it's very frustrating to them until they're basically broken like a horse. Okay. So yeah, you might just read, uh, I'm not going to do that one today. That one is really, really good. Just listen to how they were strong valiant warriors. Oh my goodness. You wouldn't believe how strong they were jumping over walls. I mean, just crazy. I'm not, maybe another day I'll do that one. But the one I want to do right now is the one about when Abraham was to offer Isaac. Okay. Now I want to show you, okay. Genesis and, and Jasher, um, are basically, uh, side by side narratives. Jasher goes into more detail in many of the stories than Genesis does. Does that mean Genesis is wrong? No, but it just leaves out some pieces that are like, I sure wish I had that information. I'm going to show you one other quick thing. Hang on real quick. Okay, so there are a couple of places in the Word of God where it talks about the book of Jasher. And I just kind of skimmed over it and I didn't worry about it. But it says, um, like, this is the day where the sun stood still. Okay, when they were fighting this battle with, with Joshua and Joshua recorded in Joshua chapter 10. It says, is this event not recorded in the book of Jasher? See that? Isn't this book, isn't this recorded in the book of Jasher? Okay, so just go, go read it. And basically, I'm not going to go into it. The book of Genesis says, I'm not going to go into detail because it's already recorded in the book of Jasher. So the book of Jasher was prior to the book of Genesis. All these ancient texts were prior. Okay. So I'm going to show you just a snippet of what it talks about, what detail it gives in Genesis and then compare it to what it tells in Jasher and you're going to flip. Okay. So Abraham said, my son, God, um, God will provide. This is when he's taking him up to the Mount to have to, to, kill him based upon what the Lord had told him to do. God will provide himself a lamb for burnt offering. So they went both of them together and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast 
hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for the burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is this said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, just would side note, this is us. We are, whether we're physical Israel or spiritual Israel, we are the seed of Abraham, Father Abraham. He is our father by faith, okay? And so, yeah, so this is, this is a blessing to us that we are his seed. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. And it came about after these things that it was said to Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah, she has also born children unto thy brother Nahor. So it goes into this thing about Nahor. Let's just skip all that. Okay, so just the, the names of these people. So look in cha chapter 23, the very next thing. It says, And Sarah was 107 and 20 years old, and these were the years of the life of Sarah, and Sarah died in Kirjatharba. Okay, what? How did what happened? She's dead. What? Why did? What? What? How did? What? <laughs> what happened? All right. So now we're going to find out. Now we're going to find out. This is in chapter twenty-three. I find that very interesting. This is in chapter twenty-three of the book of Jasher. Okay, here we go. At that time, the word of the Lord came to Abraham, and he said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said to him, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, even Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which shall be shown to thee. For there wilt thou see a cloud and the glory of the Lord. Okay, they're going to see the glory cloud. This is well before the people were in uh, the wilderness and being taken out, out into the wilderness. Okay. Before I even tell you, in chapter 22, which I'm not going to go into, it talks about how Ishmael came up to Isaac and he was like, yeah, well, I, you know, I was the first one to be circumcised and you are, you know, you're, and he's like, why are you bragging? What you bragging about? Why are you bragging about this? He says, I would be willing to lay down my life, not just a piece of skin. I would lay down my life. If God told my father to do that, which was very interesting. And Satan heard about it. And he went up and he said, he you know, <laughs> went and met before the Lord. And he says, yeah, Abraham doesn't really care about you. If, if you asked him to do such a thing as this, he wouldn't do it. Same thing like what happened with Job, right? Like, <laughs> I just really just said Satan might be talking about me in, in, to God. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so back to this. And Abraham said within himself, how shall I separate my son Isaac from Sarah, his mother, in order to bring him for a burnt offering before the Lord? his concern was not whether about doing it. He would already sit in his heart and to do it. Whatever the Lord said to do, he was already, he'd already figured out in life. He was going to do whatever the Lord told him to do. But how is he going to tell Sarah? That was his biggest concern. How am I going to get her to let him go? And Abraham came into the tent and he sat before Sarah, his wife, and he spoke these words to her. My son Isaac is grown up and he has not for some time studied the service of his God. Now tomorrow I will go and bring him to Shem and Eber, his son, and there he will learn the ways of the Lord. So they will teach him to know the Lord as well as to know that when he prays continually before the Lord, he will answer him. Therefore, th therefore there he will be known. He will know the way of serving the Lord, his God. Okay. So Shem. You know, remember who Shem is? Remember, remember um, uh, Noah had the three sons that came on the ark? This is Shem. Shem was still alive. He and Abraham were contemporaries. Abraham had already gone to him and spent a lot of time learning, a lot of time learning the way of the Lord from Shem, straight from the horse's mouth, straight from Shem. Okay. Uh, this was like, even like, he was like the eighth generation or something. So it goes in and it always tells you when some of these great patriarchs die. So, you know, it, it, when you know who they are, oh, okay, they, this is the, 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 the lay of this mark in time when these, when these pass. Anyway, so Sarah said, thou hast spoken well. She's like, yes, I do want my son to go to you know, worship, know the, how to worship the Lord. Go, my Lord, because they're like 100, 120. It's, you know, here's you know, 127, right? Go, my Lord, and do unto him as thou hast said, but remove him not at a great distance from me. Neither let him remain there too long, for my soul is bound within his soul. My whole life is wrapped up in him. 
And Abraham said unto Sarah, my daughter, let us pray to the Lord our God that he may do good with us. We're going to be at peace. We're not going to worry. We're not going to worry. And Abraham said unto Sarah, my daughter, let us pray to the Lord of God. Okay. And Sarah took her, uh, her son Isaac and he abode all that night with her. And she kissed him and embraced him and gave him instructions till the morning. <laughs> That's the same thing I do with my husband. Okay. Be careful. Do not text while you're driving. Watch the road. Blah, 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 right. And Sarah, he was just on a, that trip hunting. And I'm like, okay, I, I was just telling him when he got home. I'm just so glad you're back safe. Anyway, and Sarah said to Abraham, Oh my Lord, I pray thee, take heed of thy son and place thine eyes over him. For I have no other son nor daughter but him. T don't take your eyes off of him. Don't take your eyes off of him. For, oh, forsake him not. If he be hungry, give him bread. If he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Do not let him go on foot, on foot, neither let him sit in the sun. I don't want anything happening to him. I don't want him to get a sunburn. <laughs> neither let him uh, go by himself in the road. Neither force him from whatever he may desire, but do unto him as he may say to thee. Let him just, <laughs> because they know it's crazy out there and it's dangerous. It's dangerous now, but back in the day, this was dangerous. The world was flipping out. Sarah wept bitterly the whole night on account of Isaac, and she gave him instructions till the morning. And in the morning, Sarah selected a very fine and beautiful garment from those garments which she had in the house that Abimelech had given to her. Remember the Abimelech story? That's another, you got to hear that. Or whatever. <laughs> Another story. Anyway, she dressed Isaac, her son, with her, therewith, and she put a turban upon his head, and she enclosed this precious stone in the top of the turban, and she gave him provision for the road, and they went forth. And Isaac went with his father, Abraham, and some of their servants accompanied them to see them off the road. And Sarah went out, went out with them, and she accompanied them upon the road to see them off. And they said to her, return to the tent. You've got to go back. Go home. Go back. Which I personally would not have dressed him that fancy. I wouldn't have, but maybe they're, they're thinking is that don't mess with this person. He's not just your run of the mill person. If, if you mess with this person, it's going to be bad for you. Anyway, when Sarah heard the words of her son, Isaac, she wept bitterly and Abraham, her husband wept with her and their son wept with them, a great weeping. All those who went with them wept greatly. It's like, why is everybody, it's hard, you know, hard to imagine why they're crying so hard. What is, what is the tears for? I guess maybe Sarah could tell something else was going on. Anyway, Sarah caught, caught hold of her son, Isaac, and she held him in her arms and she embraced him and continued to weep with him. And Sarah said, who knows if after this day, I shall ever see thee again. Now, let me, let me just back up. Okay. In the, uh, you know, in the book of Adam and Eve, it talks about, you know, that they're waiting for a savior. They're waiting for a savior. And, I wonder if she thought that he was going to be the savior and that he physically was going to, you know, do something and be the savior. And, and she, she likely knew that the savior would be a sacrifice. So, and she knew that he was the one, he was the one through, through whom the world would be blessed. And she didn't understand the whole picture, but I think she's got a, she's got a premonition. Something big was going to happen anyway. And they, they've been waiting on this since Adam and Eve. And, you know, they thought Abel would be, they thought Seth would be, and you know, on and on and on. Anyway, they still wept together. I, Abraham, Isaac, and Sarah and Isaac, and all those that come, accompanied them on the road wept with them. And Sarah afterward turned away from her son, weeping bitterly. And all her what manservants and maidservants returned with her to the tent. And Abraham went with Isaac, his son, to bring him up as an offering before the Lord, as he had commanded him. And Abraham took two of his young men with him, Ishmael, the son of Hagar, and Eliezer, his servant. And they went together with them. And whilst they were walking on the road, the young men spoke these words to themselves, to each other. Okay, so Ishmael is the is Abraham's firstborn, okay, that he had with Hagar. Okay, Hagar was actually, it talks about this. Hagar was given to, um, to Sarah from Abimelech. Not only did he give him the outfits, gave the, the servant, okay? So this, this was an Egyptian servant. So likely, you know, African-American, right? <laughs> African, whatever. Um, uh, so, so Ishmael was, uh, likely, you know, African born. Okay. That's, that's where it's, you know, leads you to believe that. And so Eleazar is the servant. Eleazar has been with Abraham well before any, he ever had any kids. And he always thought, well, I'm going to inherit all this because that's, you know, I'm his, I'm the one person who's been with him. He didn't have any kids. So both of these have a, have an eye toward Abraham's wealth. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to see that Isaac is not interested in that. He is interested in the blessing of God. And as I've talked to you the same way with Jacob, 
whose name was changed to Israel. He had an eye to the blessing of God. It was not about the physical possessions, okay? So let's just, this, we see this continual thing. And they went together with them and they were talking. And Ishmael said to Eliezer, now my father Abraham said, he's going with Isaac to bring him up for a burnt offering to the Lord as he commanded him. So Ishmael knows, Ishmael knows what's going on. He knows. So it would, it would stand to reason that Sarah knows too. Look at this. Look at all this detail that we're getting that we did not get in Genesis. All right. So that's why they hid this book. Okay. This is just one story. There's so many stories. Anyway. Um, uh, and now when he returneth, he will give unto me all that he possesses to inherit after him for I am his firstborn because this guy, this kid's going to be dead and I, I'm going to have to get stuck. And Eliezer answered Ishmael and said, surely Abraham did cast thee away with thy mother. Remember that? He cast you away. He, he, you're a castaway. You're out. And, and swear that thou shalt not. And he swore that thou would not inherit any of the things he possesses to whom he will give all he has with all his treasures. But unto me, his servant, who has been faithful in his house, who has served him day and night and has done all that he desired to me that he will he bequeath at his death all that he possesses. They're both like, oh, yay. <laughs> Isaac's going to be dead, so I get all the stuff. It's like disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. And while Abraham was proceeding with his son Isaac along the road, Satan, listen to this. This is You see this a lot of times in the book of Jasher, that Satan appears as, as an angel of light, as an apparition. Satan came and appeared to Abraham in the figure of a very aged man, humble and of contrite spirit. And he approached Abraham and said to him, Are thou silly or brutish that thou go to do this thing, this this day to thine only son. Okay, the reason he's doing this is because Satan has, it's a challenge. Just Satan is, is, you know, supposed to win the challenge that Abraham won't obey the Lord, but he doesn't love the Lord. And Abraham got it first thing in the morning to go and obey the Lord. So, so Satan's got to go, okay, I got to do something because Satan is like, I wouldn't obey God. I, I won't. I, I, someone knows at him. I'm not going to do it. And he doesn't like it for Abraham to do that. And he hates it for you and me to do it too. All right. So for God gave thee a son in thy latter days in thy old age. And wilt thou go and slaughter him this day because he committed no violence? And wilt thou cause the soul, the soul of thine only son to perish from the earth? Dost thou, um, dost thou not know and understand that this thing cannot be from the Lord? For the Lord cannot do unto man such an evil upon earth display to him. Go and slaughter thy child. This is the most hypocritical thing. This is exactly what they're doing always. They do this projection. Okay. So Satan loves, would love nothing better than for Isaac to die. But the last thing he wants is for Abraham and Isaac to obey God. You see what I'm saying? So he's, he's arguing this point, not because he cares anything about Isaac for sure, but he's wanting to, to, to prevent Abraham from obeying the Lord. Okay. And it says that um, in in the book of, of Romans, it talks about that um, that uh, by, by faith Abraham did this, and that it was um, that that it was accounted to him as righteousness. When we obey the Lord, when we honor Him what, through obedience, it is accounted to us as righteousness. It is. Uh, you know, considered as if we were righteous. Are we perfectly righteous? No, but our, our obedience is, is considered as righteousness is, uh, you know, whatever, you know, our, we're, we're counted righteous in his sight. All right. And Abraham knew, heard this and knew it was the word of Satan who endeavored to draw him aside from the way of the Lord. But Abraham would not hearken to the voice of Satan and Abraham re re rebuked him so that he went away. Get away, go away. And that's what we do. Get away. Behind me, Satan, I don't want to hear that. He'll come to you. He'll come. He'll confuse you. He'll discourage you. He'll be like, no, money. You know, you're a family, blah, blah, blah. He'll all this stuff. And you, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to, I'm pressing on. I'm going to do what the Lord has told me to do. I'm going to fight in this battle. And I don't care. I don't care. The Lord will bless me in time. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust the plan. I'm going to, I'm going to see him through. I don't care. I don't have a choice. I don't hear la 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 right so um so okay so Satan returned and came to Isaac so he says let me go try Isaac and he appeared unto Isaac in the figure of a young man comely and well favored so he comes as, as like a little kid okay so first he comes as an old man does this in the book of Adam and Eve too comes as you know as an angel of light as some kind of thing that, that we will feel uh kinship you know and so he's trying to get Isaac to go I'm not doing this thing Okay. And I think Isaac is 37. He's, I think, 
I think he's, I think he's, I think he is. Anyway, um, uh, and he approached Isaac and said to him, dost thou not know and understand that thy old silly father brings thee to the slaughter this day for nothing? Now, therefore, my son, don't listen or attend to him, for he's a silly old man. And let not thy precious soul and beautiful figure be lost from the earth. And Isaac heard this and said to his father, uh, Abraham, hast thou heard my father what this man has spoken? Even thus has he spoken. This is what he said. Now, this is what they've done to a lot of our kids. A lot of our kids have been told in colleges, oh, don't listen to your mother or don't listen to your dad. They're retarded. They're stupid. They're, they're crazy. Don't listen to these patriots. You know, and a lot of them have been deceived and have fallen, fallen away. You know, so eventually they'll come back. So just hang in there. Anyway, um, and Abraham answered his son Isaac and said, take heed uh, of him and do not listen to his words nor attend to him for he is Satan and endeavoring to draw us aside this day from the commandments of, uh, commands of God. And Abraham still rebuked Satan and Satan went from them and seeing he could not prevail over them, he hid himself from them and went and passed before them in the road and he transformed himself to a large brook a brook of water in the road and Abraham and Isaac and his two young men reached that place and they took a brook, saw a brook large and powerful as mighty waters. And they entered the brook and passed through it. And the waters at first reached their legs and they went deeper into the brook and the waters reached up to their necks. And they were all terrified on account of the water. And whilst they were going over the brook, Abraham recognized that place. And he knew that there was no water there before. And Abraham said to his son, Isaac, I know this place in which there was no brook or no water. Now, therefore it is this is, it is this, um, Satan, who does all this to us and to draw us aside from the commands of God. And it's typical, you know, if we, you know, we can find every excuse in the world not to obey the Lord, right? Oh, I'm too busy. I'm what, uh, this is too dangerous. This is a whatever, right? But we're, you know, we're just going to keep going. We're not going to stop. And Abraham rebuked him and said unto, unto him, the Lord rebuked thee, O Satan, be gone from us for we go by the commands of God. <laughs> we're going to do this. So stop, just stop. And Satan was terrified at the voice of Abraham and he went away from them and the place again became dry land as it was at first. And Abraham went with Isaac toward the place that God had told him. And on the third day, interesting, a third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place at a distance, which God had told him of and a pillar of fire up here. Remember he said he would see a pillar of fire, a glory cloud. Um, he, he appeared to him and the fire appeared to him that reached from the earth to heaven and a cloud of glory upon the mountain and the glory of the Lord was seen in the cloud. How cool is that? And Abraham said to Isaac, my son, dost thou see in that mountain, which we perceive at a distance, that which I see upon it. Do you see what I see? And Abraham knew that his son, uh, Okay, Isaac answered and said to his father, I see and lo, a pillar of fire and cloud and the glory of the Lord is seen upon the cloud. Like he sees the, the glory of the Lord. And Abraham knew that his son Isaac was accepted before the, before the Lord for a burnt offering. And Abraham said unto Eliezer and unto Ishmael, his son, do you also see that which we see upon the mountain, which is at a distance? And they answered and said, we see nothing more than like the other mountains of the earth. And Abraham knew that they were not accepted before the Lord to go with them. And Abraham said to them, abide ye here with the ass, while I and Isaac, my son, will go yonder to yonder mountain and worship there before the Lord and then return to you. That's what Abraham is saying. He knows he's going to return to them one way or the other. And Eliezer and Ishmael remained at that place as Abraham had commanded. And Abraham took, a, took wood for a burnt offering and placed it upon Isaac. And he took the fire and the knife and they both went to that place. And when they were going along, Isaac said, isn't that something he's carrying the wood just like our Lord Jesus carried the wood up the mountain? right? Behold, I see here the fire and the wood. Where then is the lamb that is to be the burnt offering before the Lord? And Abraham answered his son Isaac saying, the Lord has made choice of thee, my son, to be a perfect burnt offering instead of the lamb. He told him, he told him, there's no way he's going to fight a kid, whatever age he is, he's not going to be able to fight him if he's, if he's you know, not wanting to submit to this. Okay. And Isaac said unto his father, I will do all that the Lord spoke to thee with joy and cheerfulness of heart. What do you think about that? I'm going to read that one again. And Isaac said unto his father, I will do all that the Lord has spoke, Lord spoke to thee with joy and cheerfulness of heart. Wow. Why don't you copy that <laughs> and make take a picture of that and put that on your fridge. I will do all that the Lord has spoken to me with joy and cheerfulness of heart. I love that. I love that. And Abraham again said to him, to Isaac, his son, is there in, in thy heart any thought or counsel concerning this, which is not proper? Tell me, my son, I pray thee, oh, my sons, conceal it not from me. If you don't feel comfortable with this, you tell me right now. 
And Isaac answered his father, Abraham, and said unto him, Oh, my father, as the Lord lives, and as thy soul lives, there is nothing in my heart to cause me to deviate either to the right nor to the left from the word which he has spoken to thee. Neither limb nor muscle has moved or stirred at this, nor is there in my heart any thought or evil counsel concerning this. Nope. Feel, I feel good about it. I feel good about being burnt on this altar. I feel real good about that. <laughs> this is crazy. That's, that's the Lord right there. That's the Lord right there. But I am of joyful and cheerful heart in this matter. And I said, blessed is the Lord who has this day chosen me to be the burnt offering before him. They thought that he was going to be the one who was going to save humanity. The humanity was in, in a bad shape. And they know they, the humanity needed to be saved. And he thought, well, that I'm the one. Uh, the Lord has told that I would be the one and I would bless the whole world by my sacrifice. That's what he's, that's what he's, he's thinking that that's what's going to happen. And Abraham greatly rejoiced at the words of Isaac because he can't do this. If, if Isaac is, is scared or doesn't want to do it, it's just like, and they went on and came to the place to that place that the Lord had spoken of. This is actually on the mountain, the same place where Jesus was crucified. Okay. This is exactly where they went. Uh, and he took his son, Isaac and bound him in order to place him. Um, did I miss something? Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I skipped something. Sorry. Uh, approached to the, build the altar in that place. And Abraham was weeping and Isaac took stones and mortar, um, until he had finished building the altar. He's building his own altar that he's going to be killed on. It's amazing. It's amazing. And Abraham took the wood and placed it in order upon the altar, which he had built. And he took his son, Isaac, and bound him in order to place him upon the wood, which he was on upon the altar to slay him for a burnt offering before the Lord. And Isaac said to his father, bind me securely and then place me upon the altar, lest I should turn and move and break loose from the force of the, of the knife upon my flesh and therefore profane the burnt offering. And Abraham did so. Let's do this right, dad, because I don't, uh, I, I want to make sure that I, I stay still for when you kill me. <laughs> Isaac said to his father, Oh, my father, when thou shalt have slain me and burnt me for an offering, take with thee that which shall remain of my ashes to bring to my, to Sarah, my mother and say to her, this is the sweet smelling savor of Isaac, but do not tell her this. If she should sit near a well or upon any high place, lest she should cast her soul after me and die. So he is expecting that he likely, he, he might not come, he come back to life, that he would die and be ashes. And he said, make sure my mom knows that I love her, that I did this with a willing heart. And, and this is real. This is real. This is as real as it gets. Um, and he knows how much his mother loved him and that she was weeping like crazy. And she probably knew this was what was going to happen. And so she, he's like, tell I don't want her to, to, to do anything rash. If she finds out when she finds out that I have died and Abraham, the words of, heard the words of Isaac and he lifted up his voice and wept when Isaac spake those words. How could he carry his ashes down? It's just the, the thought of it is just, it's, it's more than he can take. And Abraham's tears gushed down upon Isaac, his son, and Isaac wept bitterly. And he said to his father, hasten, hurry, hurry. Oh, my father, and do with me the will of the Lord, our God, as he commanded you, you've got to do it now, because if you don't do it now, you're you're not going to have the strength to do it. And the hearts of Abraham and Isaac rejoiced at this thing, which the Lord had commanded them. But the eye wept bitterly while the heart rejoiced. You might, I, I guess I, I kind of feel the same way sometimes, <laughs> you know, you know, you know how it is. And Abraham bound his son, Isaac and placed him on the altar upon the wood. And Isaac stretched forth his neck upon the altar before his father. And Abraham stretched forth his hand to take the knife to slay his son as a burnt offering before the Lord. At that time, the angels of mercy came before the Lord and spake to him concerning Isaac, saying, O Lord, thou art a merciful and compassionate king over all that thou hast created in heaven and on earth. Thou supportest them all. Give, therefore, ransom and redemption instead of thy servant uh, Isaac and pity and have compassion uh, upon Isaac and, um, Abraham and Isaac, his son, who are this day performing thy commands. Mm. Hast thou not seen, has thou seen, O Lord, how Isaac, the son of Abraham, thy servant is bound down to the to slaughter like an animal. Now, therefore, let thy pity be roused for them, O Lord. At that time, the Lord appeared unto Abraham and called to him from heaven and said to him, lay not thy hand upon thy lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God in performing this act. And it is not, and in not being willing, uh, withholding my son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, a ram was caught in a thicket by his horns. And that was the ram which the Lord God had created in the earth in the day that he made earth and heaven. 
and the Lord had prepared this ram for that day to be burnt, a burnt offering instead of Isaac. And this ram was advancing to Abraham when Satan caught hold of him and entangled his thorns in the thicket. And then he might not advance to Abraham in order that Abraham might slay his son. <laughs> Satan drives me crazy. Anyway, and Abraham sprinkled some of the blood of the ram. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, and, um, and Abraham, seeing his, the ram advancing to him and Satan withholding him, fetched him and brought him before the altar. And he loosened his son Isaac from his binding, and he put the ram in his stead. And Abraham killed the ram upon the altar and brought it up as an offering in the place of his son Isaac. That is what our Lord Jesus does. He says, remove Melissa, remove my son or daughter, put the Lord Jesus there instead. He is placed there in, in our stead. He says, I will take the punishment. You can go free. I will, I will bear the consequences for your sin. Amazing. And Abraham sprinkled some of the blood of the ram upon the altar. And he exclaimed and said, this is in the place of my son. And may this be considered this day as the blood of my son before the Lord. And all that Abraham did on this occasion by the altar, he would exclaim and say, this is the room. It, this is in the room of my son. And may it be, may it this day be considered before the Lord in the place of my son. And Abraham finished the whole of the service by the altar and the service was accepted before the Lord and was accounted as if it had been Isaac. And the Lord blessed Abraham and his seed on that day. This is, they did not want us to know this. And Satan went to Sarah. Oh, now get this. And Satan went to Sarah and he appeared to her in the figure of an old man, very humble and meek. Because we know they knows that we're <laughs> stupid <laughs> and tender hearted and we're, you know, whatever. Um, and compassionate. And so he says, um, Abraham was not yet engaged. And he was yet engaged in the burnt offering before the Lord. So even while this is happening, he's now he's doing this to Sarah. And he said unto her, Satan does, dost thou not know all the work that Abraham has made with thine only son this day? For he took Isaac and built an altar and killed him and brought him up as a sacrifice upon the altar. And Isaac cried and wept before his father, but he looked not at him, neither did he have compassion over him. And Satan repeated these words and he went away from her. And Sarah heard all the words of Satan and she imagined him to be an old man from amongst the sons of men who had been with her son and had come and told her these things. And Sarah lifted up her voice and wept and cried out bitterly on the account of her son. And she threw herself upon the ground and cast dust upon her head and said, Oh, my son, Isaac, my son, Oh, that I had this day died instead of thee. And she continued to weep and said, it grieves me for thee. Oh, my son, my son, Isaac, for that I had died this day in thy stead. And she still continued to weep and said, it grieves me for thee. After that, I had reared thee and I had brought thee up. Now my joy is turned into mourning over thee. I that had a longing for thee and cried and prayed to God till I bear thee at 90 years old. Now thou hast served this day for the knife and the fire to make me made an offering. But I console myself with thee, my son, in it's being the word of the Lord, for thou didst perform the command of thy God. For who can transgress the word of our God, in whose hands is the soul of every living creature? Thou art just, O Lord our God, for all thy works are good and righteous. And I also am rejoiced with thy word, which thou didst command. And whilst, whilst mine eye weepest bitterly, my heart rejoices. And Sarah laid her head upon the bosom of one of her handmaids, and she became as still as a stone. She afterward rose up and went about making inquiries until until she came to Hebron and she inquired of all those who were she met walking in the road and no one could tell her what had happened to her son and she came with her maid servants and men servants to Kiriath Arba which is in Hebron and she asked concerning her son and she remained there while he she sent some of her servants to seek where Abraham had gone with Isaac and they went to seek him in the house of Shem and Eber and they could not find him and they sought throughout the land and he was not there. That's where he was supposed to go. Right. And behold, Satan came to Sarah in the shape of an old man and he came and stood before her and he said unto her, I spoke falsely. I lied. <laughs> I lied to you earlier. I told you the uh, fake, but Abraham did not kill the son. He is not dead. And when she heard the word, her joy was so exceedingly violent on account of her son that her soul went out through joy. <laughs> she died and was gathered to her people. She literally died from her heart. Couldn't take it. That's how she died. I'm telling you. Satan is not playing. 
we have got to make sure that we we stay at perfect peace before the Lord because our hearts cannot take things. It is some of this extreme, any of the extremes. We've got to just continually be at peace before the Lord. When Abraham had finished his service, he returned with his son Isaac to his young men, and they rose up and went to Beersheba, and they came home. Remember, that's what it says in, in, in Genesis. But it left out all that other, right? And Abraham sought for Sarah, couldn't find her. And he made inquiries concerning her, and they said unto him, She went as far as Hebron to seek you, both where you had gone, for thus she was informed. We can, we can stress ourselves out, being all worried about somebody. We can, we can just, uh, we're searching and in a panic, right? We need to be at peace, right? And Abraham and Isaac, I'm telling y'all, I'm serious. There are things in my world that if I didn't watch, I could just be all stressed out. I could be all upset. I could be, I could be depressed every day. I, I'm not, I, I refuse. I refuse. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. That's probably one of the reasons I'm, I work and fight so hard in this battle because I want to, I want to see these things resolved, but I'm not going to, I'm not, no matter what happens, I'm not going to stress out over it. I refuse not that anyway. And Abraham and Isaac went to her at Hebron. And when they found that she was dead, they lifted up their voices and wept bitterly over her. And Isaac fell upon his mother's face and wept over her. And he said, Oh, my mother, my mother, how hast thou left me? Where hast thou gone? Oh, how hast thou left me? And Abraham and Isaac wept greatly and all their servants wept with them on account of Sarah. And they mourned over her a great and heavy mourning. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That is the book of Jasher, chapter 23. I find that very interesting. It's chapter 23. This is an amazing chapter of, uh, of our faith, of, of uh, Abraham obeying the Lord, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And I would not be surprised if this is one of the reasons they, 23 is a big number for the bad guys. All right, so I want you to hear this song. Um, I love this song. And um, then we're going to jet out of here. I'll go quickly see if I can get this going here. Through the door 
wanted to share that with you guys. I love that song, God Is. I know the recording is not the best in the world, but anyway, I wanted to sing that for you guys. Uh, that was for you, Nancy Tripp. <laughs> You're a trip. And uh, I'm going to try to figure out how to get some better um, better equipment, better, better recording ability. So let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord. All the things you have in store, all the things you have in store, from the rich to the poor, we're all welcome to the door. I would thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, that you are um, for all that you are revealing in this day and that we trust you, Lord, and we ask you to continue to give us strength in this battle and help us to be strong and valiant warriors in what you are doing in this earth. We pray all these things in your great name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, I love you guys. I will talk to you later. Have a good one.